0: I'm Jennifer Nielsen, and this is Let It Glow, Episode 10, Be Your Own Idol with Brooke White.
1: Ready, set, glow!
0: Welcome to the Let It Glow podcast, a happy place where you'll learn how to let yourself shine and discover new ways to design your best life. I'm your host, Jennifer Nielsen. Okay, everyone, this is going to be one of my favorite interviews yet. I know we're not supposed to have favorites because I've loved them all, but Brooke White is a lot of fun, and she agreed to come and sit with me today, and I've just been looking forward to it. So first I'm just gonna give her a chance to introduce herself before we get going here.
2: Okay, first I have to say I'm really excited to be actually sitting in the room with you because I've had a couple podcast interviews and I'm always on the phone. So this is my first time actually being in the room with the person. So yay. And I'm a lot, I'm a lot to look at too. <laughs> you're very you're looking so good across. We're like you can't tell, but we're like five feet apart in here. So like, we're like looking at each other. You look great, Jen. Thanks. Um, I'm supposed to do an intro, right? I'm Brooke White. And um, we are currently in Arizona, which is where I was raised. And um, I lived here, you know, went to school, Heritage Academy and graduated. And then I moved to L.A. when I was about 17. And uh, I'm the oldest of four kids. I grew up in like a super music loving family, not like the Partridge family. But like we just listened to lots of music. We had a jukebox in the backyard. We went on drives just to listen to music. And I started playing piano by ear when I was about seven. And it wasn't until I was an older teenager that I started even singing. And then I moved to L.A. um, again a second time um, when I was 20. And I've been there ever since. So do the math. I've been there for 15 years, um, chasing the dream and um it's just been a lot of ups and downs and swerves and you know
1: <laughs> all the all
2: the 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 stuff that comes with the journey you know the the roller coaster ride that it is so um i have two children now uh, i have a 6 year old daughter london a 2 year old son sunny and what else can I say? I'm married to my complete opposite. I'm an artist. He's a his name is Dave Ray and I call him Dave Ray CPA, which he actually was. but now he's a financial advisor so now he's Dave Ray FA. So basically we're just on both ends of the spectrum. but um Sounds but it's like good, you balance right? each
0: other out right? That's
2: what they say and it's true.
0: Well, that's awesome. It is
2: now. It's true now.
0: Well, it's, there's always some growing pains and you're it's some what you attract what attracts you to that person often tests your patience. It's what I, I <laughs> needed
2: and it's what he needed for sure. I love it. I yes. love it.
0: Well, I just want to tell you really quickly how this kind of came to be. Yes. That we're sitting here together. It's a pretty cool story. Because I've been yes. following Brooke, been a little bit of a fan geek for quite some time. I would oh. say eleven years, because that was when you're on oh American my gosh. Idol,
2: right? Yes, we're coming up on eleven years now. It's oh wow that we're crossed over the decade, Mark is quite crazy.
0: I know. So I sat by her parents at the finale. Which
2: they totally remembered you. Do they remember me? When we were sitting at our table the other night, they're like, We completely remember. Oh, we had so much
0: fun. I loved it. And we sat behind Simon Cowell.
2: Right. So I
0: was just like it was probably one of the top five best nights of my life. I'm sad to admit it, but it's
2: true because it was so fun. I loved it.
0: I loved it. Well, I do have five children, so I I should and I've been married. So let's say top six seven. Yeah.
2: You could put it, you could file it behind them. It's a close, it's a close six place,
0: (laughs) but it was really neat. I just loved your energy. I love your voice, your style. So I've, I've just been following you along all this time. And just out of the blue during the summer sometime, I had a random dream that Brooke was going to be singing at one of my events. And it was a very, very real dream. And so in my mind, I thought, well, she'll maybe sing at a retreat. I don't know. Didn't really think much of it. I'd switched to a different girl to do my hair. Her name is Heather, and it just kind of—I didn't really, like I said, think much of it. Well, I decided I wanted to have Brooke be one of my podcast guests, and so I reached out to her through Heather. She didn't get back to me right away, and I thought, oh no, she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to be my guest. I was feeling—I had to like lick my wounds a little bit. So when I decided to do the fundraiser, it hit me that this was where she was supposed to be, and that was what my dream is all about. And so. I reached out to another friend that turned out to be the bridesmaid for her mother's wedding. I mean, I know this is confusing, but it's really quite interesting. So the next day after I talked to her, she's like, well, I'll talk to her mom, see what I can do. The next morning I woke up and I had a text from Brooke. But it was Heather. Heather. From, through Heather. Heather had
2: just been yeah. at my house. And P.S., we went to beauty school together. Oh, you went to There's beauty school. There's a little school. side note. I'm a beauty school dropout.
1: Oh, I love it. Beauty school dropout. Well, good. So, so we,
2: But we're best friends. Her and her sister are my best friends. And they had just happened to be at my house in California like the week before. Oh, that like is so interesting. Before.
0: Yeah. So I finally get my text back yes. from Brooke that, she, that through Heather, that she would do my podcast. So I send Brooke this long message telling about my dream and... I was at American Idol. I was laying it on thick because I really wanted her sing at my event. Well, she said she'd do my podcast. So I'm like, well, not to get greedy, but would you be willing to sing at my event? And I, like I said, it was like, I don't know, <laughs> the longest message ever. And there was just three words back, girl, I'm in. That was it. Yep. So here we are now. So here she we are. made it happen. <laughs> and come to find out, tell us a little bit about your work with OUR. I didn't realize this, that, the, yeah. that sex trafficking was even something on your I radar. Had,
2: yes, so. absolutely it was. I mean, the way things come together are just, you know, we know, not coincidental, it, it, it seems. But I, I don't know how long it was now, four years ago. Um, how do I make this as short as possible? Basically, um, I was on a made-for-TV movie years ago. And um, the company who produced it reached out to me and said, we want to give you $20,000 to give to a charity of your choice. And instead of just literally handing the money over to a charity, I thought I really would love to, I would love to contribute in some way and like give something, you know, more than just the money or do something to expand this money. And so, um, I decided to create a collaboration record with all, you know, any musician friends that I had or, songwriters and friends. And each song would be an original song and it would kind of be like a lullaby slash kids record that parents would also like to listen to. Um, but the problem was I just could not find an actual cause I wanted to give this money to and who I was going to do this with. And I'd spent maybe six months combing through charities and I'll tell you, there's no shortage of charities like, and causes that are super like in need and Mm -hmm. valid and worthy. And like, Wow. I mean, it's kind of heart wrenching to go through and start looking through these things, but I had decided on mental health. I felt very passionate about helping people with mental illness. And, and, uh, so I had picked a a charity that works with that. And just as I was about to sign the paperwork, I had a very strong feeling just, this is not where the money should go. And I told my manager at the time, I said, I don't know why. I just think we need to hold off for like a couple days while I have an uneasy feeling about giving this money. So long story long, I saw, um, you remember Nini dialogues, her husband, she had posted a picture and I looked as I was scrolling Instagram, it was her husband laying on the floor with his arms behind his back and all these men on the floor. It was a very weird looking picture Well, I read the caption and it was, they were in, I think the Dominican Republic in the middle of a rescue mission to rescue these, uh, you know, kids in sex slavery. And when I read it, I was just like really overwhelmed. So I had the feeling you need to reach out to her. So I did. And I asked her and she said, Oh, he went with this organization called operation underground railroad. I said, I feel like I need to talk to them. It was like, I had this strong feeling. This is where I'm supposed to give the money. It was like, I just knew it. And so I reached out. She said, here's Tim Ballard's information. Call him. I called him right then and there. He picked up the phone. We talked I felt really strongly. I mean, he had really just gotten started with the operation and I knew that it was about $20,000. He told me to do an operation. And, um, not only do they rescue these, you know, kids, they then have the job of helping them rehabilitate. And it's a huge (laughs) undertaking what they're doing. And so, I, I decided that's what I was going to do. And so we partnered and I created this record. And with the help of, you know, so many people who bought the record, all the proceeds went to OUR. And we took $20,000 and we turned it into about $60,000. Wow, which that's
0: amazing. It
2: was amazing. And it was a beautiful experience. It was hard um, to do. And we did it in a short amount of time. But like a really miraculous and beautiful And I was able to sing with on, you know, do a couple of, you know, a good five or six events with OUR. And I would hear Tim Ballard speak and Elizabeth Smart. And I'd hear about these stories. And it just, it's something that no one really wants to hear about or talk about because it's just too much. It is too much. It's just too much, you know, and it, but I think if we're willing to hear it, there's no way you can move forward without thinking like, what it's can I do to It's hard to turn your back on it. Once, you, you, can't turn it. Your once back.
0: you see it, you can't unsee it. And you, right. s- and you get that this is a problem that is not just overseas.
2: No, it's, it's definitely not just a domestic, in,
0: domestic problem.
2: This is happening right in our backyard, literally. And you know, one thing I heard the other night that one of the people that was, uh, he said Arizona is one of the third largest or has the the worst you know, sex trafficking issue in in our country is number three and on know the list. i have even
0: clarified that. She's saying at my fundraising event Sorry, for CC Care Center. Yes, And I that's say where that. we were talking. That's Mark Mabry, who has been a journalist for Operation Underground yes. Railroad, spoke. And it was just very sobering to hear sobering. the statistics. I've done my own research and worked with people on my end. And it is one of those things that it just tugs at your heartstrings. And I just forever want to right. be helping with this. And I. Yes. I, I was just so grateful that you kinda I already had a heart for it and I didn't even no, know it. And, and, and I just and I, think it's so much bigger yeah, than us. And that's it's bigger really than what us. it really what it it became very clear to me. Yeah. But even before Thanks the, for
1: asking.
0: I know, even before the fundraiser though, I had the most wonderful idea that I wanted to just sit with you and talk <laughs> with you just about your journey through all of
2: this. Two birds, one stone. Here we are. Here
0: we are. But I just think about, you know, to be your own idol, to learn to love yourself, because really it's no one else's job. It's your job. Uh, And here you went through the ringer. You've done amazing things. And I think so often people probably look at you Mm -hmm. where you you, you have it all quote unquote. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, you've got the charm, the talent, the humor, you've been successful. People know you. You're very... It's just, you've done a lot of amazing things in your lifetime, Thank but yet you. that doesn't prevent you from being human and or, having to struggle
2: with, yeah. you know, feelings of self-love. And and not to mention completely disassociating with all those things you just listed. I get like, what you're saying. I don't see that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've gotten to benefit from those things where people have been very kind and complimentary and showing me so much love. But yes, I, you know, I still sometimes have my foot on the self-love hose. You know, I'm not, I'm not feeling that, you know, like sometimes it doesn't come through to me. And so I don't see myself in the same way that I think other people see me. And I think that's so universal to all of us. I get that for
0: sure. But I do think that, you know, when we talked on the phone a couple of weeks ago at length and you just shared with me some of your experiences at how difficult it was is, is, It was so fun to watch and to see you progress, but behind the scenes, the toll that it took on you physically Mm -hmm. and mentally Mm -hmm. and emotionally, just maybe, would you mind sharing a little bit about that?
2: Um, Yeah. I think, to be honest, American Idol wasn't something that I wanted to do. It kind of was a last second thing that became super urgent when 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 I realized that it was something that I needed to do and I felt... I had, I had encouragement from someone I was working with and, and Dave, it was like a very last minute decision. And there was one last audition in Philadelphia, which is just on the other side of the United States. No big deal. And I was living in California, but I, I ended up, I was here in Arizona for a cousin's wedding. And so it was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I literally need to go tonight and be there by tomorrow.
0: Wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah.
2: That's so crazy. Just wild. Yeah, So I think it's interesting because God knows I can't sit around and think about things. It's like, no time to think because I'll, oh, I'm will an overthinker and...
0: Talk yourself right out of it. I would talk myself out of it, but <laughs> I, I actually God, made this a
2: decision not to do it. Okay. Because I felt like, oh, I don't want to be in this... Con-, you know, you hear about the contracts and you know that you don't want to be tied up in this stuff and blah, blah, blah. Anyway... I ended up on the phone with John Peter Lewis. If I don't know if you remember him, he was on one of the first couple seasons and and I talked to him and I said, Would you have, would you recommend it? Like, would you tell someone to do it? And he said, Yes, absolutely, you should do it. And and after I had decided not to do it, I remember laying in my bed that night and being like, I'm that was the wrong choice. I have to do this. I booked the ticket. It was a red-eye flight, emptied out my all our savings. We just had such little money. And I got myself on a flight and I got there. And that was the beginning of just something I had zero idea of what I was getting myself into. Like I had no idea what that was going to be like or look like. I remember watching American Idol and thinking there is zero way I could ever be on a show like this. For one, I didn't think I was a good enough singer for one. Well, tell me what age again that you started singing. I started singing when I was about sixteen, which is really a little older, kind of later in the game. That's right.
0: I I, that's really interesting. And,
2: yeah, and I was in a high—I was in our high school musical called "Meet Me in St. Louis," <laughs> and um, I had gotten the lead role, and I literally cried every single day of it, feeling so inadequate. And you know, I was—I think I—I I defined as a shy person. That I know that seems so weird. Extroverted,
0: introvert, maybe. Yes. Well, I
2: am absolutely an extrovert. <laughs> extroverted, introvert. Um, but back then I was like an introvert, introvert. <laughs> I can't even imagine it. It's so hard for people to, to even think that, but it really was closer to who I was. Like we know our friend Heather. Yeah. She is like extroverted to the core. And yes. her and her sister were my best friends and they were super extroverted. And I was more kind of like quiet. Like I think I had it in me, but it was just like I I didn't have the confidence and I didn't... Again, love myself, and I had a lot of self-loathing and self-hating to really even step up. So what was interesting is I kept being pushed forward, mm-hmm. and that was very uncomfortable for me. So this same thing I think happened all the way up through Idol is that I was on this situ- I was in this situation feeling like I don't even want to be here. Like not that I didn't want to be here, and, and I don't want to take for granted the fact that I got there. I actually made it. I obviously there was something enough there to keep me moving. And I do think the encouragement of others was big as well as my love for For music. music. Mm -hmm. I think that was a strong thing, but like, did I feel worthy? Like I deserve to be there. No, that's a big fat no. And no one will know except for those that were there. And a couple people that were really literally held my hand, picked me off of the floor. You know, Idol was about a nine month deal for me. The time I started to time it was over I I auditioned in August and I got off. I stepped off the plane from the tour in October.
0: Wow. So it that's was a long time to
2: have that level of really, intensity. That's, wait, wait, wow. wait. Is that longer than a year? <laughs> How long is that? Wait, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. Whoa. Hang on. Yeah, it was, where is my brain? No, yeah, that's how long it was. That was a long time. Yeah, it was longer than that. It was over a year long. And it was, yeah, it was a year and a half, almost a year and a half of just utter turmoil. And you would think that that, people would ask me all the time, was that just so much fun? And I'd struggled to answer that with a yes, because I think- So
0: much pressure, first
2: of all. Because of the pressure, because I felt, because I I tortured myself with those kind of inadequate thoughts feelings and thoughts. And I constantly compared myself to the other contestants and their singing abilities. Um, I, I struggled to have fun. You could say also I worked my can off to be prepared every week. So while yes, there were certain elements of it that were, you know, once in a lifetime that you'll never have again. I, I spent the majority of the time in the fetal position in tears and struggling to do it. Wow. And well, and, I, and I and it was I just can't imagine. It was very though. difficult for me. And so it was I mean I I couldn't eat hardly. I really lost a lot of weight. Um it was definitely trying and and it's a miracle that I got you, as far as I did. did. it. Like a miracle. Like when people say I'm so sorry you didn't win, I'm like, "Listen. <laughs> Fifth place? considering where I was at mentally and emotionally and physically is an absolute miracle. And I'm super thankful um, that I, I made it through that far. It was, I think really what I needed though, it was absolutely what wanted I needed. There go. was times I yeah. wanted to be like, no, just send me home. <laughs> like, like I can't do But also there is that inner thing. that's like, no, you got to keep You kept pushing. going. You didn't quit. You got to keep doing pushing.
0: It. Yeah. Well, I think too, comparison is such a, a hard thing for women in general. It's a trap. And I think about, you know, we talk about, you know, how it is, you know, we talk about social media, we talk about just, right. I mean, it's been around forever. Back in the day when we were in high school, there was no social media, and yet we still. And we were, it was we were still, still, still bad. a thing. Yeah, you know? absolutely. But imagine you're, you're, you are being compared. We absolutely that is were. The like whole this isn't. Idea this was is an you're imagined. Being like this wasn't just in your heads. Like no, you were being compared. It was and not. Critiqued and,
2: yeah.
0: you know, being pushed. So, well, I'm glad you made it as far as you did cuz that Thank was such you. a fun night. And Tom, I just want to ask you a little bit about Simon Cal. I yeah, don't know why I'm about by Simon Kel we could talk about him cuz he actually thinker, plays into this so story for me. too. Like what yeah. is this about him?
2: Well, I definitely um I had a, a mini crush on Simon Cal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I always kind of like really I don't know. I I liked him. Now, that being said, having to be on the receiving end of his criticisms is, is not fun. Terrible. Yeah. Standing up on stage and, you know, you've got... It's one thing, you know, when you're on the show, you're not... You can't process the number of people that are watching this or seeing this. So it's not like you sit there and you're like, oh my goodness, you know, 40 million people are watching tonight, which were, those were the numbers back wow. then. Wow. Um, You would see an, an immediate studio audience of like you know, a couple hundred people, which still felt huge. And you've, you know, all these cameras around you. It's not normal. There's nothing normal about this. But just standing there and receiving criticism, sometimes for reasons that were outside of your control, like arrangement, which you don't have much control over, or song choice, which sometimes you get to choose, but sometimes it doesn't get approved. And so then you end up with like the fifth song on yeah, you like, and they're like, that's not a very good song choice. And you're like, right. <laughs> exactly. I my know, point. but you can't really, you know, you can't, you know, the, the thing is you, you should never talk back to the judges. It never works out well for anybody. And so there's oftentimes you just have to sit there and just kind of take it in yeah. a way. And sometimes I didn't do very good at that. Sometimes I did just like want to tell them something back, you know, And anyway, but yeah, Simon was genuine, generally really nice to me. And then there was a couple weeks where he was harder on me. And that was difficult. I would definitely say, you know, one of the number one questions I get is like, is he really like how he is on TV? And the answer is, yeah. I mean, he's actually also kind of more introverted, like off of camera. When you talk to him, he's a little bit more, not shy, but just a little more reserved reserved well he's you know he's british and and he kind of has that thing but uh he was generally generally quite nice to me oh good I, there's something that was said at the very end though that i think was probably one of the hardest things i had to take from the experience and i think it very much fits with what we're talking about but he he asked me or right when i got eliminated which was a very emotional experience. If you go back and watch, it's, it's a little embarrassing, but I was crying really hard because I had a feeling I was going to go home and, and then it happened and it's a long story. But anyway, he came up to, to say to me in the week before I had stopped and started over. Like I had to stop oh, that's and right. start over. Okay, I. You know, and that I was re- really when I was at the Valley, I was like in the Valley of my low confidence and, just scraping myself together each week and when i stopped and started over it was and i i made it through to the next week i really was like at a place where i was so low that like i was getting letters from people being like we're worried about you you just seem so fragile and like, you just need to believe in yourself. And my brother had sent me this text and I had realized like, I really was in this low place. And I was literally crying on the floor of CBS bathroom, the CBS studios bathroom. And I remember our vocal coach bird, she came in and she's just like, Kelly Clarkson was crying in this very same spot. We just got, you just, have to know you, you, you've just got to pull yourself together. You're here for a reason. Like don't back down. And I remember being like, okay, I have just got to, I've just got to, even after to like fake this, like yeah. that I have this. And so I remember pulling myself together and being like, okay, I'm going to come into this week and I'm going to really just show up with all the confidence that I can. And then that next week was Neil Diamond week and I got eliminated long story so Simon put his arm on my shoulder his hand on my shoulder he given me a hug I just like was wiping the tears off my face and kind of got in my composure and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said well it looks like America didn't like the confident Brooke white did they because one of the things that was said in my critique the night before was it looks like you found your confidence again right so I went home I, I when he that said would that just
0: play with you wow, when he that said that
2: it was like, I didn't, you know, the whole thing that everything that Simon says is true. Like everyone, whatever Simon, like everyone believes Simon, like, cause he tells the truth. Right. So I think for me, he was like kind of this vo- voice of authority of like, he's right. I I show up with confidence and then they, they didn't like me. I, it was just kind of like, uh, it was like, you know, I, <laughs> even if whatever I, I was in a fragile spot I had kind of like buoyed myself, you know, gotten myself back up, ready to go back out there and kind of fight. And then I go out there, I have a good time. I mentioned that I had fun, which is also apparently the kiss of death. And 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 that's what happened. And so, but he said, but oh, the show will never won't be the same without you, and I'm gonna miss you. I mean, it was like he was kind to me, but also said but it, something that really jacked with my I can't with my can't my mind. Yeah, well, especially when <laughs> I that's where you're
0: coming from, anyway. <laughs> right. And I just think that right. It's and I'm not obviously in the in the entertainment industry, but I think there's that element of you want to be true to yourself, but you're trying to get votes, and so you're trying to balance like being the real you, but also getting right. the votes, so you can't it's just it would just be this teeter-totter
2: trying to find that balance well of, and then you, you just know. realize this business is so built on like well what are the people what do like and what do they Instead think of, of what, me who
0: are you but what do they want
2: right and in that can in that situation you're staying there because of the votes, votes. yeah so like it, it literally is, is dependent want. on other people's validation and approval we're dealing with like the stuff that we tell people like don't worry about other people's validation and approval as the thing you have to absolutely worry about,
1: you know, oh my or gosh. else you're not there.
2: And so I think at that point, what I thought is, you know, this whole time it was that somehow people liked seeing me in a state of weakness or in a state of like, whatever, being humble yeah. or vulnerability. And that's what people related to me, maybe because it's human and it's something that we all deal with. And I think there was something there that was really challenging for me to get over after hearing that message that people preferred to see me in a place of weak weakness where I never felt good enough. And that there was something more likable about me in that place. And that I should never really appear confident. Wow. Or even you know, that being confident is not a is not what people want from me. And so I did hold on to that kind of that role for a really long time. And uh, I have to be honest, like I have kind of firsthand experience that yes, people gravitate for some reason more, you know, when I share things online or I share my stories, whenever I express like my struggles and I express when I'm in a rough place, like in so many people are like, have you know supported? They they want they understand that they relate to it. What well, it makes them feel safe too? In the it place makes them feel that they're safe at, for sure. Well, and I completely understand it, and I feel like too, it doesn't feel make people make people feel inferior or bummed about themselves not being able to be to a certain place, like we see on Instagram. People yeah, definitely living their best life, being super successful. But for me, I kind of stayed stuck. I think I allowed myself to kind of stay stuck in that place
0: because you can be vulnerable and still have a sense of like I love myself. But when there's that feeling of being vulnerable as a need to get people to
2: like you, I mean, I just think that—that's well, convoluted, just, right? That's yes. like not even pure. That's my whole point, though. That would be really hard. But for me, I couldn't differentiate. For for me, because I still had issues with myself, because I genuinely did not well, love myself. We all
0: struggle. I wish just say yeah. we all.
2: A lot of women. This is something
0: that I had to work very hard to this. get through, and I right. wasn't put in the limelight. I wasn't put on that. Like accelerated path of like accelerated isn't trying to, to figure it, it all out, and yeah. so I want. Okay, so I'm going to be just think for a few minutes about maybe some ideas. So you know what what you'd want to share with anyone, not just someone who's in the music industry trying right. to make it. But I think what you're talking about that people relate with you is because you are real, you're authentic, Thank and you. I think that is a beautiful thing. I don't. That's not something that I would would I would hope you wouldn't feel like you needed to change to feel like. You have that sense right. of self love. But I do think that choosing how we want to be based on what we need, right. not what other people need, is where that differentiation is. Right. But I have just a couple things that I just that I wanted to share just really quickly. I know why we're here is to listen to Brooke. But I just wanted to leave the audience with just some just a few takeaways that they can apply right. in their lives to help them find that level of unconditional love for yourself. And I often think it's, it's so easy sometimes to love other people or to give other people or a to break. serve to other people yeah. or to give them a break. But we're so hard on ourselves. Yes. And so for the first thing I would want to suggest is just to accept yourself, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this one is hard. So hard. But remember, you're human, and the more you accept your flaws and weaknesses, the easier it will be to love yourself.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: really, if you're waiting to be per- perfect, it will never happen in this lifetime. And I've told you before, I'm a recovering perfectionist. But Me too. Perfectionism <laughs> and self love cannot coexist. No, it it just can't. It's difficult. And Burke and I kind of talked about this too, how we both have these creative minds, and yeah. we just kind of, I, I'm all like, I'm, I'm done with the fundraiser. The next day, I'm planning my retreat. It's like I'm always Spending. creating. It's the way my brain works. Mm. I love it. It's a good place. But what I've really had to learn is to slow that down and mm-hmm. be able to turn that on and off, which sometimes I do better than others. Right. But that level of perfectionism, I think, especially for yeah. you where you were being judged by 40 million people. Right. That I that would be, I, I don't know how that couldn't take a toll. Right. But for all of us in our lives, I think perfectionism is such it's unrealistic, first of all, and it really blocks us from loving ourselves. Yeah. And another thing too that I always encourage those that i know that i'm working with is to just w- look at those old wounds. Don't be afraid of your own shadow. Don't be afraid of those the old traumas or wounds or things that may be heavy, that may be hard to dif- you know, be hard to deal with because mm-hmm. pretending that they are not there doesn't mean they are not affecting you. And i just would encourage you to take the time to get to the bottom of it whether it's you know, support from a spouse or a mentor or a therapist, a support group through your church, whatever it is, Sometimes we need extra help, and that's definitely something that paid off for me. But I just think when you accept yourself, the whole world will accept you in a different way. It's true. And really, being beautiful means being yourself. You don't need to be accepted by others. You need to accept yourself. And I think sometimes we do that backwards. We take that acceptance from others as a validation that we're worthy. Okay, we can now do it. We have permission And now that we're okay. And I think if we could have that inner self-acceptance, it would be huge. So I'm going to go through these other really quickly because we have a surprise at the end of the podcast I want to save time for. But number two is I want you to fire yourself as a people pleaser. Your job is not to make others happy and your worth is not determined on what you do or what you don't do, how busy you are, what you've accomplished or what other people think of you. And really learning to say no is huge. And that's all about boundaries, which I will save that for a future episode because that is, that is a whole topic that for
2: me is game is a game changer. Can I can I I have some thoughts about that Please real do. quick? Um in terms of whether, you know, needing other pe- being a people pleaser which I'm also uh yes, it comes with the territory, I think. But one thing that I've tried to find separation in is is that there is a part of us, certain people that are out there doing things that do require some sort of External validation from a certain amount of people to make it successful, something that you're doing, putting yourself, you know, a lot of people out there are trying to do something that requires validation or response or support from other people. And it's very difficult to not let yourself, your value get wrapped up with the success of that thing you're doing that you're putting out there, which often has yourself attached. And so, like, something that I think I've really been trying to work on is learning how to separate my value as opposed to the thing that I'm offering the world that I'm hoping more, more than just my parents or my close loved ones will take me up on. Do you know what I mean? And oh, so I course. think for a lot of people who might be listening to this, who might be, you know, whatever. Who I mean, everyone wants validation and approval. But, like, if you really are in a specific, in that vulnerable position of needing a lot of people to try to support, you need their validation, you need their support and you're not getting it yet, or you just have it no matter how hard you try. I just want to say that I'm sorry that I know how that feels and it is very difficult to separate it. But just, I think like what you're saying, Jennifer is that we have to come at this with a love inside that is like a well that's ready because those moments will happen when we put ourselves out there. Oh, that's a beautiful explanation. When we explanation. really try, mm-hmm. when we put us, it can really. It's there's that funny meme from Ryan Gosling that's like, "Hey, girl, I'm sorry. Sorry, only five people entered your giveaway." You know, it's funny, <laughs> but it's like also, it it's embarrassing and it's kind of humiliating to put yourself out there and not feel the love back and and not make it mean something about us. Yes, and you're we're all going to go through that. We're yeah. all very lucky if anybody, you know takes what we're putting out, you know, you know, picks up what we're putting down out there. And so if it doesn't happen, if you know, you encounter that, the your job is like you're saying is to, to love yourself, to love regardless. yourself because even if you might get that validation temporarily, I promise you it will be gone very soon. And what will you have next? You'll be chasing after that next thing. And that's something we're both working on is not yeah. constantly chasing after the next thing. Yes. You have to Finding be Finding happiness in the now. And that's yeah. perfect. This is a perfect segue into my next one, which is, To be okay
0: with where you are right now. Right. And I think living in the past, you know, or looking ahead, there's that, it's just robbing you of of where you are right now. Because if you look at where you're at right now, you have progressed. That's the bottom line. Oh, 100%. You've progressed. We all have. If you look back to yourself five years ago or 10 years ago, if you focus on your progression, not perfection again, and look at your progress and know that nothing is final. Right. No matter where you're at, no matter what's happening good or bad it's nothing is final change is constant but i think if we can just be okay with where we're at right now that is an important place to be and number 4 is just to really nurture relationships and make sure that you have healthy relationships and surround yourself with people that build you up and again we you know it's you talked about that small support system that you had right that that held your hand through that whole process which was very
2: actually crucial to me. I I think I could never I can't take for granted or cut them out of the equation, right? Because I think sometimes it is those you know, I recently heard someone say that it was, you know, he was at a real low point and it was his wife that literally just turned to him and said, "Hey, listen, I believe in you." Like, we've nothing you've nothing to lose at this point. Like, I believe in you and if if it just takes us reminding each other of that, like, never hold back that generous thought. Never, you know, we all owe it to each other because we all know how hard this is to be a human on Earth. <laughs> you know, each and every day to show up is to to turn to someone and genuinely say to them, "I really believe in you." I, and not, and that means showing up to their thing, showing up and accepting Doing them and being thing. that support yes, system, and loving them, because
0: I think that oftentimes those are significant others, or if, we, or if you're in a relationship where you're not getting that. Yeah. That's something that you it's it's crucial to your mental health and to your growth to be surrounded by people that support you and want to see yeah. you grow. And so and just to understand that as you learn to love yourself unconditionally, you will attract others, in your life, that will also love you without conditions. It's just kind of the law of attraction. It's the way that it works.
2: Right. And that's more like based in, I think, connection. Mm-hmm. And whenever we, I think, aim for connection, and that was like one of the best things I think I did get out of Idol was the thought came to me stop competing, stop comparing, just connect.
1: That's, focus oh, on that.
2: connection. And every time that you can shift your paradigm or your focus to connection as opposed to the lack, that scarcity feeling. Yes. And the not judging or being jealous or feeling not enough like, wow, great, much better things can happen when we focus on connecting with each other, with God within ourselves to our passion. That's so beautiful.
0: And that's really kind of what I, when my last one was to be your own idol, is to love yourself and have that inner connection so that you allow space for God. So you allow space for a partner, for friendships, for your children. Because if you don't have that self love, it's hard to create space for that connection you're with others. So right. There's this quote I love, just kind of on a funny note. I know we've all probably heard of it, but he said, Be yourself, everyone else is taken. Oscar Wilde. So just understand that you're your own version of you and it's beautiful. Yeah. And and just to really understand that you have infinite worth, be true to yourself, and you are a daughter of a loving God who loves you. You have value. And just to seek for that deeper connection. And I I I mean, these are all easier said than done, but I can tell you personally, and I, you know, sitting here with Brooke, we've been on this a path where we both have had to kind of fight for this um, feeling of self love. And even with me, things do come easily to me. I can, I have an idea, and it's considered done. And if I put my mind to anything, I can make it happen. And yet, it's been such a journey for me to see my worth and my value. Because to be truthful, I'd love to be the Brooke, the one singing. I was always the a accompanist. A <laughs> My sister was a singer, and I played the piano. You know, but I got to that point where I realized I have these gifts and talent yeah. and wasting time on pining away for what I, what I'm not as mm-hmm. good at, I'm losing sight and I'm not growing mm-hmm. the things that I am good at because I do have a lot of gifts. And really, for me, sharing those and, and it is a really valuable way that I've, that I've learned to love myself is by nurturing those gifts and yes. sharing them. And so yes. I don't know, it's just, I love talking to Brooke and I just want you to share maybe some final thoughts, words mm-hmm. of advice that you would give to others.
2: Yeah. I'm going to say that my, my journey post idol was just as significant as when I was there, you know, that kind of parting note that Simon says moment where, you know, he he had said what he'd said. I think it was really an opportunity for me to reflect on that and, Really, ultimately, I think I was about thirty-three. I was standing in my kitchen when it really—it was like a, a a prompting or a revelation of sort. And it was, "Do you want to stop hating yourself? And do you want to start loving yourself?" They were like two questions. One is, "Do you want to stop hating yourself? Do you want to stop this process? This this you know self-loathing kind of habit?" or cycle? And do you want to start loving yourself? And it was the first time that I really think I considered that that wasn't even an option. Yeah. I think I always thought that self-love was, was anti-humility. I always kind of perceived it as like self-centered, right? When it finally hit me that the choice to love myself was actually could be totally pure and absolutely essential and actually something that I was again, given some like some sort of spiritual permission to do, was when I was like, what a relief that would be. How much different would my life be if I actually just uh, decided to love myself? Because the truth was there's all this love around. There's always love there. But sometimes we just we shut ourselves off from feeling it. And when I kind of, I think, was able to wrap my mind around this thought of, yeah, I, I, I do want to stop. I want to stop the self-loathing and the lack of and and the I'm not good enough and I'll never be good enough thoughts. And 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 think these new thoughts about accepting myself like you said Jennifer and and loving and appreciating and I think coming from a place of gratitude like to appreciate your gifts like you talked about you know how your sister was the singer but you were the accompaniment and how important the accompaniment is. I know it doesn't seem as like front and center. And like for me, I never, you know, even my where people I people see me as a front person, I never saw myself as deserving of that place. Yeah. Ever. Well, and so regardless of where
0: we're at, it doesn't matter what our right. talents or what our place is or we're mothers or yeah, whatever, whatever our are. role is, it's the same formula, which is to it love ourselves. And I think you said something I just wanted to point out is that that feeling of being self centered or being prideful. I, I've, I've struggled with that a little bit, right. but I think when you love yourself, that is the greatest gift you can give your children
2: yeah. and your spouse. It is. And it's the greatest it just, gift you can give anybody. You can yes. come into the world with that foundation of love. And when you're in a place, I think, of lack or scarcity, or that's more consuming.
0: That and actually you puts us in more though, self-centeredness, because, you know? Oh, for
2: sure. It, isn't that ironic? It, it is, is so ironic. ironic. And I do feel for people because that's not the point. That's not what anybody's trying to aim for.
0: But it becomes the world revolves around it you. If you can look does. outside of yourself. It does. And and just it's it's give that love freely that yes. you can give yourself. It really does and
2: change everything. It changes everything. But I think what I want to say to everyone is you need to look at this like a choice. It is a choice. An available choice to you. And it never seemed like that to me. I just thought I was at the effect of this. But that's just who you are. Like, this is just who I am. And this is just how people want me. And this is what makes me valuable is this place. And I thought, it doesn't matter if at the end of the day, I'd have to sacrifice everybody's approval of me of everybody's to have my own, to feel the love that I struggled to feel throughout my entire life. I think I have to be willing to give that up. And what's interesting is, just like you said, to tie it back, is that when you can love yourself, the world will follow your lead. And now it might not be in the same way, but at this point, I can be a more whole being. And I you're still okay struggle with the right? way that it is, instead of wanting to be the way you think it should be. The, or way, the way I think it should, it should be, yeah. which is a people pleasing way to live. <laughs> I know. But what I'm saying is that now I can be both. I can have my struggles. I'll have times of feelings of inadequacy, but I can also know that I'm adequate in certain yeah. ways. And then it can be a more whole person, like an imperfect person, yes. but who is striving for progression. Yeah. And and I feel like when you offer, you accept this thought. And every time I get tempted to go back in that old hab- habit of self-loathing, I'm like, no, remember, you're done with that. Yeah. And it's a choice you're done if you with allow that. yourself to right. go back. You don't need to keep going back to that. That's draining. That's going to take up way too much of your time. There's no time for that. You need to move forward. You need, you need to, to get, move on. You got to take, you gotta take these gifts and who you are and and let that just fuel you and fuel the work that needs to be done on this earth. And there's so many ways that we're all going to be able to be And it looks needed. differently
0: for all of it us. And so I think different. that is the key, is just looking at what you have to right. offer. Because every one of you that are listening today, you have your gifts. You right. have things that only you can do on this earth. And people are blessed because of you.
1: Okay. So here we are at
0: the end. I told you I had a little surprise, so we're going to let Brooke sing. Oh my gosh. (laughs) She was
1: saying
2: at the fundraiser the other night and I was like, she's got to sing on my podcast so that I can go back and re-listen to it. (laughs) Let's hope. My my voice has been on definitely the raspier side, the last the the Arizona air. I come here here, and it's just like... I know. Okay. So this is a brand new song and uh, I wrote it with two friends, producers, uh, Eric and Chris (laughs) And I wrote it for my kids It's going to be on my new record It's called Be Good Here we go
1: In my life I try to stand For something As I get older They say what is right isn't always easy. And sometimes. Yes, you can.
0: okay ladies there's not much more I can add to this but remember to be good to yourself be your own soulmate
2: and any last words Brooke I think I just loved it we said that we can we can be both we can be good to someone and we can be good to ourselves and um, I think that's that's the way that's what we're trying to that get to. That is the way. That's love the yourself. Way. Love yourself. Love others.
0: Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Thank Brooke. you for
2: having me. It's been this such a been... great thing to, to be involved with you. Oh, <laughs> Thanks for what you're doing.
0: The feeling is mutual. So, well, thank you for tuning in today. And until next time, shine on. Thanks for listening to the Let It Glow podcast. If you enjoyed this show, share the love with a friend. This podcast can be found on iTunes or subscribe on my website at www.let-it-glow.com. And remember, let go and let it glow.